When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Monday, May 10th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynesy, our, our podcast today isn't going to get rained out, unlike the Indians <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, uh, didn't play the final game of their three-game weekend series against the uh, Cincinnati Reds. That game will be rescheduled and made up on August 9th. So until then, the fate of the Ohio Cup still hangs in the balance. The Indians can either win and retain the cup or for the first time since 2014, the Reds can win the cup outright and take that home. I know for all of you people who are, uh, you know, following very closely the fate of the Ohio cup, very important, but uh, no game on Sunday really sort of, uh, again, sort of stops the momentum that the Indians had built coming off of Saturday's big win uh, scoring nine runs. Yeah, definitely, Joe. It was, uh, you know, it was a great day to call, though. You know, we called it out early. Everybody got to go home and celebrate Mother's Day. And, uh, you know, and, but what a miserable day yesterday was. It was just a rain the whole, the whole day. But, uh, but you're right. You know, uh, the Tribe bounces back big time from being no hit on Friday with a 9-2 win Saturday. And uh, they get 11 hits. They scored two runs right away. You know, one in the first, one in the second. So they don't. There's no Johnny Vandermeer uh, threat going on. That back-to-back no hitters, and uh, and I guess no. That's that doesn't make sense, does it? Not Vandermeer threw back-to-back no hitters, but I don't know if has any any team ever been hit no hit in consecutive games. I off the top of my head, I I, I couldn't tell you if any team's been no hit consecutively. I just know that the Indians are. Uh, have 130 chances now uh, remaining to be the first team to get no hit three times in a season as they are now one of what 18 teams to have, have it happen to them twice uh, in major league baseball. Uh, but, you know, just going back to Saturday's game, the way they bounce back, Aaron Savali really seems to be now he's the, he's the, the Indians pitcher to, to pitch the day after a no hitter both times. And, both times he's come out and, and just been excellent. Yeah, yeah. On April 14th, you know, they got, they uh, were no hit by uh, Carlos Rodon. Uh, Savali came back the next day and pitched uh, for a 4-2 win against Chicago at guaranteed rate field. And, uh, and he did the same thing Saturday. He was, he was great Saturday. I thought he, 
that was one of his uh, better he games. Uh, pitched seven innings. Seven innings, mm-hmm. really. That that Reds team can hit, and uh, you know he did a great job against him. He he just he mixes up. He uses so many different pitches. You know, he he's got that good the curveball. He's got a you know a good enough fastball. He's always you know locates. He locates well. He's he's just fun to watch pitch. Yeah, he pitches to four quadrants in the strike zone. He's got pitches that move to all four quadrants. He's got six different pitches in his arsenal uh, right now that he can throw, you know, pretty effectively. And like you said, when you say he's got enough fastball, he's got a fastball and the other pitches in his arsenal make his fastball play up. You don't realize how, you know, his, his he's not throwing it as hard as some of the other, you know, starting pitchers in the league, but it, it gets on you faster because you you're looking for those other five pitches. Yeah. And he doesn't have to strike out 10 guys, you know, he's, he's pitches to contact. He struck out five guys, uh, you know, Saturday walked one lot, five hits allowed one run, you know, in uh, seven really efficient innings. And of course, you know, it helps when you're scoring a bunch of runs too. Right. Well, he wears that number 43 and it's reminiscent of Josh Tomlin. And, and those are some of the, uh, the qualities that when Josh Tomlin was going real well, we could, uh, we could say about him. So uh, not, not bad company for Aaron Savali. Uh, you, you want to talk about pitching performances from the weekend though. Zach Plesak is the one that really stands out. Uh, what more does a guy have to do to get a win than pitch, uh, you know, what eight scoreless, uh, give up three hits, strike out seven. Uh, this was as good as we've seen Zach Plesak maybe ever. Oh my goodness. He was good, Joe. I mean, uh, you know, and, and that, you know, he was, he was, he might've been better at the beginning of the game than he was at the end of the game. And he retired the last 15 straight guys he faced. I mean, he pitched out a, like some really, really tough jams early. Uh, you know, I think he pitched out of a, a second, a third and third and first jam, uh, where they, the, the infield, I mean, he almost, he threw three double play balls and the Indians turned one of them, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they were fortunate to turn one in the third inning. Then he, you know, he gives up a leadoff double in the fourth, gets out of that inning. And after that, he just cruised. I mean, 15 up, 15 down. And uh, it was just a shame he had to, you know, that he didn't get a victory in that game. Uh, he really deserved it. Yeah. Covering that game uh, from the press box, what, what were your feelings as they headed towards the, you know, eighth and ninth inning and nobody, the Indians <laughs> didn't have a hit. And the Reds didn't look like they were going to get a hit the rest of the game. I was just, I just, I just wanted the game to slow down so I could catch up. It was, it was hauling. And I, you know, uh, Wade Miley was, you know, in the, in the zone, man. I don't think as Tito said, he didn't throw one ball over 90 miles an hour, but he was just dealing. And and the Indians, the later it got, the earlier they swung it at, you know, pitches and, you know, they were making terrible contact. It was, I don't, I think maybe they hit two balls, three balls to the outfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fly balls, I mean. Really, was, the only ball that got barreled was Framil Reyes hit a line drive to short. And and that was probably the hardest hit ball of the day for the Indians. And yeah, and uh, what's his face? Uh, 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 Ahmed uh, Rosario had the double air on uh, in the, uh, in the sixth. He hit that ball pretty hard. And I thought maybe, you know, they could have given him a hit. He kind of beat the throw, but, you know, it was obvious that uh, Sensel, Sensel was playing on the shortstop side too, wasn't he? Right, correct. Second base, yeah. And, right, yeah, they had three on the left side of the infield, yeah. and he went down to a knee, and, and the ball sort of kicked off of his glove. 
if he feels that cleanly, he throws him out. Yeah, there's no problem. Yeah. And then he throws it in the dugout, so he gets the double error. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, Cesar Hernandez walked with two outs. In the, but uh, then uh, Luplo lined out to left, and that, that was basically it. I mean, you know, they went down in an order in the ninth. It was like – I think he threw like four pitches. I mean, there was like the white flag of surrender went up there. And yeah, there – there, there really wasn't a lot of fight after that uh, in there in the uh, the ninth. Uh, so great. Hey, we all got to see uh, a no-hitter. It's the second time I got to see a no-hitter in person yeah. this year. Yeah, uh, it, like you said, Carlos Rodon did it uh, earlier in April, and now the Indians have, have been no-hit twice. But just the, the way they bounced back and the way they came back on Saturday, it's it, it's a positive sign, at least for the Indians, that they're able to do that. Like you said, it's just one loss. Yeah, and uh, I think Austin Hedges was, you know, said that he was. They interviewed him after uh, Saturday's game, and uh, he said, you know, it doesn't. It's it doesn't matter if you get beat one to nothing, three to nothing, or hundred to nothing. It's 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 uh, one loss, one loss, and you move on. If you get no hit, if you get, you know, if you get, if you have ten hits and lose, you know, that's the thing about baseball. It's just one game. It counts one game in the one loss standings and you move on, but there is kind of a stigma about that. You know, it, it, I think it hangs over your head and, you know, if they get close again, you know, what happens if another, t- another pitcher is, is dealing against them. And, you know, that thought has to be, isn't too far from their minds. Well, and this is a lineup that might be susceptible to getting no hit. Uh, I think uh, you've got guys who they, like Tito said earlier in the season, they don't have a bunch of guys getting hot at the same time. They might have one guy who's who's hot at one time, and then he cools off, and then another guy gets hot. They don't have like two, three, four guys hitting well all at the same time, and over a, over an extended period of time, uh, like they did, you know, when they were in Kansas City earlier in the week, that was the case. And, and you saw what happened. They won four in a row and went from third place in the division uh, to the to the top of the division. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, you never have your whole lineup, you know, rarely do you have, you know, your whole lineup hitting at the same time. But at least you'd like to have three or four guys hitting at the same time. And I thought it was encouraging, uh, you know, Francona had kind of uh, – after the no hitter said, you know, we didn't, we really didn't make a lot of adjustments against Miley. And I thought uh, Saturday night, just watching the game on TV, you saw guys going the other way, you know, hitting, hitting the ball to the opposite field. And I think that was a a good sign for, yeah. Yeah. The first, the first four hits that the Indians had all went to the opposite field on Saturday night. So that was an encouraging sign. And maybe these, it kind of, you know, the light bulb went on between with some of these guys that, uh, Hey, there's a lot of hits the opposite way. And I don't have to hit the ball, you know, 400 feet to get, you know, to, to, uh, you know, get on base and score a run. We can, we can all do this together. And that's why it was so frustrating that they did get rained out yesterday was because maybe there, you know, was some sort of momentum that could, could build off of that. But uh, you know, they're, they're sitting at home and then they've got the extra day off today, which co- sort of compounds it uh, before the, the Cubs come in on, on Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I thought the obviously the offense looked a lot better on Saturday. Uh, Josh Naylor, another guy who he got he's he's coming around, I think, what, uh, three hits on Saturday looked uh, looked pretty good. 
uh, has looked pretty good lately. So, uh, you know, just there's, there's a little bit of hope there if, if these guys continue to, um, you know, do what they're doing. I, I, it's just, like you said, finding, finding more than one guy to maybe join Jose Ramirez and uh, Cesar Hernandez at the top of the order in, in terms of consistency is, is what it's going to be. Does this mean that, it, it, like you said, it, they didn't make adjustments. Is that code for maybe something needs to change in, in terms of the way they're being coached? Well, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I guess, you know, the, when you do, when you get no hit twice in the season, yeah, maybe, you know, there, there has to be, or who knows, you know, if is Ty Van Berkeleel, uh is, is he telling these guys, Hey, there's try to go the other way and they're just not doing it. Or, you know, so you, you don't know, you don't know what's going on, but, you know, Van Berkeleel has been up and down a lot. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of criticism directed his way and he's kept his job for as long as Tito's been here. So, you know, I, I really, I don't think that's an issue. Um, and uh, we'll see, but, you know, I think, you know, like we've said, I mean, it, if it, when the weather gets a little warmer, we, I think it's going to be a better, we'll have a better look at just what kind of offensive team this is. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians, and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians, or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. And Joe, I was wondering, um, what do you think, how, how, how will they adjust to the loss of uh, Roberto Perez, who's what going to be out eight to 10 weeks, which is, you know, a significant injury with that broken finger. Well, I don't think they'll, they'll miss too much offensively because Roberto really wasn't giving them much at the plate uh, either prior to the injury and definitely since, I mean, he, he really struggled at the plate after the injury for sure. Uh, and, but because that went on for three weeks of him just not hitting the ball uh, as, as far as, what they'll lose defensively. Obviously he's a two-time gold glove uh, catcher. He calls a great game. All the, the pitchers trust him and rely on him. But I think some of the younger guys on the, on the staff are, are, are pretty in tune with Austin Hedges. And 
I don't think he'll call as good a game as Roberto Perez does. Maybe in some of the, the bigger situations it might show through. But as far as blocking balls, as far as throwing out runners, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, yeah. And and Rene Rivera looks like he could actually hit the ball. Uh, so yeah. it, it might not be a, you know, Hedges being the number one main guy. It might be more of an even split between the two. And if Rivera can, you know, at least put the bat on the ball, that's a positive sign. He had three hits in his first game. Yeah, and uh, Tito was kind of like, was was le- seemed to be leaning that way that Hedges wasn't going to just, it wasn't going to be Hedges every day like it, it had right. been, you know, Perez when, and Hedges would hit, you know, would catch Sunday, Sunday, you know, afternoon, a Sunday afternoon game after a Saturday night game to give uh, Perez a break. Right. Yeah. Usually you get a day game after a night game. That's an automatic uh, backup catcher situation. But I think maybe they'll they'll sprinkle Rene Rivera in a little more. Uh, he does a nice job. He's he's not not anything flashy or special. But uh, if you if you hadn't been getting anything from that spot productivity wise in terms of offense uh, prior to the injury, then you, you're not going to miss much. I, I I don't think. But you know, who knows? Hedges did hit 17 home runs in a season back in what, 20, 2017, 2018? Yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, the potential is there. It's just, you know, can, can he get consistent? Maybe a few extra at bats would, will do that for him. Definitely. Yeah. That's uh that's something to watch for sure. All right. The uh, Chicago Cubs coming in for a quick two game series uh, beginning tomorrow, weather, weather permitting beginning tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, at Progressive Field. Uh, the Cubs have been back here before since the 2016 series. It's not like uh, anything special there, but, but you know, it's it, for the Indians fans, the, the wounds are still fresh, I think, five years <laughs> later. Uh, seriously, you see the Cubs, and, and there might only – I think Jose Ramirez and Roberto Perez are the only Indians players left on the, the team from 2016. But the, the Cubs have, have a handful of guys who are still around. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they might, they'll have to bring Raja Davis back to throw out the first pitch. You know, that'd be nice. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the Cubs, uh, and as, you know, I think the Cubs are probably, as long as they don't fill the ballpark or half the ballpark with Cubs fans, I think uh, the Indians will have a, have a fighting chance. But the Cubs are playing better, too. They've, they've kind of, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, they went through their down times, and now they're playing, they're playing a little better. Yeah, I think both teams are on sort of the same trajectory as, as they're meeting up here uh, this week because, uh, you know, the Indians have had their struggles but had managed to work their way back to the, the top of the division before uh, the weekend series. Now uh, now the, the, the White Sox are, are on top. The, the Indians trail by a game, and the, the Royals have lost eight straight because uh, Chicago went into Kansas City over the weekend and, and swept them. Uh, eight straight losses after they were up three and a half games on the Indians in the in the AL Central. Yeah, and it probably all, you know if it all goes back to uh, you know the, uh, the yeah that bo- the Bach on uh, on, on uh, Springer right or no is it Springer uh, who's the kid Brady Singer. Springer yeah Singer. you know when when everybody got kicked out of the game they haven't they haven't recovered yet. Uh, but this week. The Indians have this two-game series with the Cubs, and then they have uh, – it's an afternoon game on, what, Wednesday before they, they fly out for a big West Coast trip, uh, seven games against the Mariners and then the Angels. 
Yeah, it's going to be, you know, the first uh, first West Coast trip. Um, uh, three, four against Seattle, three against L.A., uh, and then they come back and uh, face the Twins. So, you know, it's it's always interesting. They, they usually play well in Seattle. Uh, L.A. is kind of, you know, hit and miss, and, and the, the Angels are playing a little better. We get – get to see how they play against Mike Trout do a, you know, how they handle Mike Trout. Uh, I'm not even worried about Trout. It's, it's Otani. That's the one that's going to kill him. Yeah. Otani always kills them. And uh, you know, that goes back to his, his rookie year. Uh, we we've seen Shohei Otani hit 480 foot home runs against the Indians. So it uh, should be interesting there. Uh, yeah. I, I guess this week uh, could, could tell the Indians a lot about, you know, who they are, if they can, can play even with the, uh, the, uh, the Cubs who are a team very similar to them right now, uh, and then get ready to, to go on a big trip and, and have a little success there. Uh, because, you know, they're coming got? out of a long stretch against the AL central. They really, uh, so they're going to play some, you know, different teams, you know, the Cubs and, uh, the Cubs and Seattle and, and LA after really, you know, steady diet of their own, you know, their, their own, uh, in their own division. Yeah. It's been like 26 out of their first 30 some games have been against the, the AL central. We've only seen the, the white Sox and the tigers and the twins and, uh, and really the Royals. We, we've seen all the teams in the division. It's just, uh, you know, seeing a different sort of face might, might, might be interesting to, to, to follow. All right. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, today's podcast. We'll be back again. Tomorrow, ahead of the first game of the series against the Cubs here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. <laughs>